G'day guys, Jay here with another episode of Pesty Profiles, the, pro- the podcast where we get up close and personal with our fellow pesties. And joining me once again as guest host, not only the president of the Professional Women in Australian Pest Management, but also my amazing wife, the Nikki Turner. Thank you, darling. I'm actually looking forward to today because this is a side of pest management that I actually don't really know much about, so it I'm should, looking forward to this. It should be an inter- interesting one. So on that note, joining us today as our guest uh, pest profile, profile E, uh, Keith Coglin from Log Fumigation in Brisbane. How are you, Keith? Good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, very good. Good, good, good. Oh, this is going to be interesting already. <laughs> Jay's not great with this language. Let's see how we go. <laughs> he, speak, he speaks a foreign language. I only want to have a few Guinnesses. <laughs> Guinnesses. Oh, that's a bit of a giveaway from where he's from. <laughs> so, so tell us, Keith, where are you actually from? We can, we can pick the accent there. I'm, I'm from Dublin, Ireland. So I immigrated out to Australia in 2006. Oh, I love the way the Irish talk. It's the 2006. Like, I just... <laughs> uh, so, mate, um, so how come you moved out here? Uh, I Basically, I lived in Portugal for a couple of years prior to moving out to Australia. And uh, I lived in the Algarve on the, the coast of Portugal. And my man's eldest sister lives in Penridge. And I've got quite a, a lot of cousins down there, probably seven or eight cousins living in Sydney. And uh, I always wanted to travel out here. And then two of my good mates, they moved out here back in 2002. And I was supposed to come, but I ended up going to Portugal on a week's holiday, and I never came back. Um, and then I finally got the courage to come out to Australia. So you just moved out yourself? Yeah, yeah, I just came out here in 2006. So I had, a, as I said, I had two good friends that moved out to Australia in 2002. Yep. I went on a, I went on a lot of holidays in 2002 to Portugal, and I, just, I never came home. I just stayed out there for two years. Yep. And then after two years, the boys were already out in, in Brisbane. They were, they were based in Brisbane, so I decided to follow them out there. Yep. So have you got any family out here? Yeah, I do. Well, so I've got a cousin who emigrated about 10 years ago. He's in Brisbane. My mum's elder sister lives in Sydney. Uh, my, I have another relative that lives in WA. Yep. So we're kind of scattered around a little bit. Okay. So pest control. How did you get into pest control then? Everyone's got a story. What's your story? Uh, well, when I was about, oh, about eight years of age, we used to live in a council house. And I backed onto a fish and chip shop. And we had two dogs that lived in the house with us. And every night, we were overrun with rodents. Like, every single night. Every night, we would be finding rats. Big ones, little ones. They were breeding in the house because we were so close to the fish and chip shop. So I took upon myself, at about eight, nine years of age, uh, to catch the rats. And uh, basically... Uh, dissect them, let's say. And uh, that was kind of the start of my, me getting into pest control, I'd say, kind of finding a love for it. But in Ireland, I never really had an opportunity to get into pest control. We didn't have pest control 20, 40 years ago. In Ireland, we used to just get a farmer that would come up from the, the country and you'd bring a couple of wild ferrets <laughs> and they would uh, introduce the ferrets into the house. 
Yep. And you come back in a week or two, a week or two later, and the rodent was supposed to be dead, but it happened one year when I was about ten. We moved out for two weeks, and the farmer came in with the two wild ferrets. And I was like, "This isn't going to kill the rodents." We came back two weeks later, and the skeleton of the two ferrets were on the living on the lounge floor. The rats had overcome them. There was that many rodents. Oh wow! So the house was deemed, the house seemed unsafe, and we had to move out. <laughs> So that's kind of where I where I really wanted to get into it, and as as I said, we never really had an opportunity in Ireland to get into pest control unless you were a farmer. Yep. Um, so when did you start pest control? Officially start a pest control in? Oh, Two thousand and seven. So I was in Australia a year. Yep. And I was I was uh, I originally have a bit of a background in uh, carpentry. So I came to Australia in 2006 and then I was just in and out of jobs and I was unhappy and the job had come up at Renekill and I applied for it and uh, I didn't get it. They said to me that they, I was unsuccessful on, on the first attempt that they already had somebody up in line for it. So they just advertised and I had the interview but then about two, three weeks later it was re-advertised again and uh, they just called me up and said to me, was I like to jump? I took it with both hands and I jumped on it. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, so from there, when? Where'd you go from there? So I was in Brisbane with Renekill for about six, seven years. Yep. And mainly in fumigation. So well, mainly, so you went straight into fumigation? Straight in. Well, I did a traineeship for 12 months, so it was, it was really good. Like they, they had a really good system back then. They wouldn't let anybody do any any live fumigations unless they had twelve months experience under your under your belt. So like basically, I was out doing twenty five to forty fumigations a day, uh, being as an assistant. And then after the twelve months, so I had old John Fields. Yep. I think yes. he still working with Chris Decker. Yes. Johnny yes. Fields yep. came yep. out. And, uh, yep. Yeah, Johnny Fields came out. I was test texting back then, but Johnny Fields came out and he. Uh, he assessed me, and then after 12 months, I got my license. Yeah. And then even after 12 months, I still don't think I performed a full fumigation solo till it was about two and a half, three years in the game, maybe. Yeah. Which was good, because you get to learn a lot. Yeah. Um, so just so, back up yeah. a little bit, did you say you attended 25 to 30 fumigations a day? Yeah, yeah. Oh, these were mainly containers. So okay. yeah, we would do 25 to 30 containers a day. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yep. All right, cool. All right, so then Renskill for six or seven years, you said? Yes, six, seven years, and then I went down to Amalgamated. Yep. And uh, I did about four, five years with Amalgamated, maybe, five, yep. six years. Yep. And uh, I just did mainly general pests and termites with them. Yeah. So there was no real fumigation. There was very little fumigation with them. Yeah. They were more on the commercial side. So I was in the commercial division. Uh, and I loved it over there. That was that was just oh, that was the best time I've ever had over there. That was just so good. So here was over there. The opportunity. Uh, you love the commercial side of things. Is that what you love? Oh, I love I love commercial commercial. Oh, that's just I love everything about commercial. I'm not <laughs> massively into domestic. I don't really like going to the standard three bedroom house every day, and that's just me. Yeah, everybody's different. But I do love commercial. I love going to the fish and chip shop to a hat to a hat soy. Mate, you sound like you're getting a bit emotional there, and a bit excited. <laughs> oh, no, no, I just, it just, it's just, it's. 
Oh, he might have had a few Guinnesses already. It's a Friday afternoon. Oh, I, haven't, I haven't had any Guinnesses yet. <laughs> Calm down. I haven't had any Guinnesses. Maybe I'm going to pick my, my, my three-year-old up at five o'clock from daycare. So about half five I'll have to And do does, does your accent improve or get better with a, a couple of Guinnesses? I don't know. I, I reckon it gets worse, but my wife says it gets better. I think she just gets more drunk. And she just says, yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. Usually when people say yes, yes, yes to me, I'm like, they haven't got a clue what I'm saying. <laughs> That's normally me, to be quite honest. I just keep nodding. My mother-in-law does that. She's been doing that 10 years, and she just does a, just a nod. And I'll just <laughs> say it at the end. Do you know what I said? And she goes, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm like that with my grandmother-in-law. Um, I'm slowly starting to get understand her, but yeah, literally just nodding my head, and that's been how long, darling? Twenty five years now I've known her. Yep, yeah, she's Scottish from Dundee. I didn't know what you did. <laughs> I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Quality. All right. Getting back on track here. Um, so amalgamated for a few years, mostly in commercial. Yeah. Where to from there? Mainly in commercial. Yeah. So I learned a lot with amalgamated to when I was at Renekill, they really focused on the HACCP kind of uh, programs. And I did a lot of pigeon work as well. So when I was young, I used to I used to train and race pigeons okay. as a hobby. Yep. So maybe that's where I kind of got into the pigeon work as well. So really I did a lot that, of netting yeah. as well. A lot of netting and a lot of uh, live catching. But as I said, yeah, I do love pigeons as well. We used to race them for many years over yep. to France and back. Yep. So I'm pretty happy with our pigeon. <laughs> All right. So now, where are you now? Now I'm in the garage. <laughs> That's an everything for next week. <laughs> I really want to have well, a Guinness with you one day. <laughs> well, clearly you're not working for Amalgamated at the moment. No, no. So currently I set up log fumigation about two years ago. And I was just seeing a bit of a... Uh, a gap in the market. I, I really wanted to kind of push the boundaries a little bit. There was there was a massive gap there. But we've got an, uh, an exotic pest. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called the uh, BMSB, so it stands for Brown Marinated Stink Beetle. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. So it's it's a seasonal pest in Queensland, not in Queensland in Australia. So it basically runs from around September to the end of May. So. It used to be 24 hours fumigation. So you'd fumigate at 6 in the morning, take it off at 6 o'clock the next morning, vent for 24 hours, yep. turn into a, anywhere from 48 hours to 72. But that was the first year. And the second year, they didn't really understand what you were doing in the Department of Agriculture. So they, they made a voluntary to do a 12-hour fumigation. Instead of 24, you, can, you have the option to do 24 or you have the option to do 12. So I opt to do 12. Yep. And the reason that is, I just give value for money to the customer, so the container is not sitting in the yard for forty-eight to seventy-two hours. So I they, can basically get a container okay. in so fumigated. So these are incoming shipping containers, correct? Import containers. Yes. Import. Yes. Okay. All right. I just want to clarify for the listeners. Yeah. So, yeah. So they are, import. They are a big pest species over the US, aren't they? And that's where most of it's coming Do from. You, didn't originate in the US, they originated in the in Middle East Asia, so yeah. But they are massive in the States now, they've yeah. got a massive outbreak. Yeah. So they fumigate the houses in the States for the BMSB because the, they, 
they've made a name for themselves over there now. Yep. Yeah. Um, and we've got a few native species that look very similar too, don't we? Yeah, very similar. Yeah, very similar. Yep. Okay, cool. All right, so uh, doing um, shipping containers for brown marmoray stink bugs. So that... Yep. Yep, so keep going from there. So, yeah, so we do the the BNSB for about nine months of the year. Yep. Uh, and whatever else is thrown in the mix. So it's not always BNSB... 90, 90% of it is, so you're still, you're still getting out again. Like we've had a few exotic termites come from Hong Kong last year. You'll get the odd spider. Uh, joint African snails is a massive one as well. That's, oh, that's, cool. That's been, they, they're really big. They're the stories of your fist, basically. Uh, mate, me and, you uh, need, me and you have to have a chat off air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so joint African snails, they're a massive, they're a massive threat to our, obviously to our agricultural system. Yeah, but uh, that's one of the other other big pests that we also see here a lot. Uh, I didn't realise we we're getting those um, over here, giant African snails. Yeah, yeah, we've always we, oh geez, since I've been doing them since well, since two thousand and seven. So how the process is various, Jay, is uh, when it comes in as inspected, you can see them a mile away if they're if they're fully grown. Yeah, and then uh, what they do is they put them on a hard stand inspect it and then once they're flying them they put them on a pad and they put salt around the pool salt yeah about 100 mil thick around the container yeah so the idea is once it sits there and the snail comes off obviously it comes in touch with the salt it'll die yeah but that's just the one that's just a, a, a one of the measures that they do and then obviously they call a fumigation company they come out and they tap it and then they fumigate it externally it's usually not internally it's usually always externally okay so the fumigate actually kills the snails so with the snail race, it's it's called snail race. So normally when we do a normal fumigation, like just say you came and you imported some toils from Asia, yep. it would be 48 grams at 24 hours over 21 degrees. Yep. Now it all fluctuates with temperature. Every time the temperature drops below t- uh, 21 degrees, yeah, I think it's 8 grams. So... Let's say you had a container come in from Africa, obviously, joint yeah. African sales. Yeah. <laughs> it would be 128 grams yeah. at 24 hours over 21 degrees. So it's nearly three times the amount of gas going into it. Yeah, okay. So it's quite a high dosage. Yeah. It'll knock over anything, basically. Yeah, okay. Um, but giant African land snails come from a few countries now, because I know, though, I found them over in Singapore. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah the, the, they vary. They vary in countries, but the ones that we would mainly get are from Africa. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so, if you had containers coming in from Singapore, would you treat them as if they potentially could be carrying giant African land snails or not? Well, the thing is, how it works is it's like any pest. It comes from Singapore, but where was it before Singapore? Yep. Okay. So that's the big thing. Not just joint Africans. Any pest, whether it's BNSB, Capra beetle. It's where the, where the container originated from. It might be sitting in Singapore for two weeks prior. Yeah. You wouldn't know what's underneath the, underneath the skids of the container. Yeah. They could be sitting there un, unintroduced. Yeah, especially the snails. They would love that spot. Yeah. Exactly. So it, it, it's, it's always to be where the container originated from. So you might get a container that's sitting in Germany for two, three weeks. Yeah. Then it goes to Singapore. Yeah. And it just, it just eventuates to Australia. Yeah. So. Okay, um, so you can see how our um, our redback spider has managed to establish itself in so many countries like Japan and and that. 
same with all the pests. It's just obviously trying to control them as best we can. Yeah. Yeah, ready to put a fire ants. Yeah. <laughs> we right. did a few weeks ago. So, so let's move on. From, let's, let's move on from snails. What else? Okay. <laughs> yeah, t- tell us more. To? Tell us more about the business. How many staff so have you got? I've just got the one full time fumigator, and then I've got four casualties, and they're all ex-friendly. Ex- <laughs> so in combined. Out of the no 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 out of the out of the five of them, I'd say the sixty seventy years experience combined just there alone. So uh, they're very look. I don't I don't uh, tend to know every single thing about it. So I have guys that that are dear, the guys that are dear that have twenty years twenty years plus experience. I rely a lot on them as well. Like yeah. their experience, you just can't you can't get there anywhere. It's it's very hard in the fumigation industry. I, uh, just, I could list 10 fumigators on my hands who would only consider to trust or who actually know what to do. Yeah, look, just listening to you and you talking about, you know, rates and time frames and that, it, it's, it's, it truly is next-level pest control. Well, it's, yeah, well, I suppose it's where I started from. It'd be different if I started off doing GPs and termites. I suppose I just started off in fumigation. That was the the benefits of starting there and moving on, and then just kind of going in all aspects now. Yeah. Okay. Um, why log fumigation? Why did you call your business log fumigation? Do you know how many people ask me that question? <laughs> Every time I go, this is, I'm going to give you a good one. Every time I go to a company and they say, oh, log fumigation and they say to me oh do you fumigate logs because we do a, <laughs> we used to do a massive export industry for logs timber logs to oh, China okay I've never once under log fumigation I've never fumigated logs oh okay? okay so I'll give you a little bit of history here I've got three beautiful children Lily, Oliver and Grace oh, oh there we go there family go. man at heart <laughs> I knew that I knew there was some kind of background to it I knew there had to be something to it well, it's, it's hard because, as I said, I had log fumigation two years, and prior to that, I had a pest control company, but just, it was my first, it was so hard to pick a name, and I picked up a real, a real, a real silly, stupid name called uh, Paddy's Pest Control, because everybody called me Paddy <laughs> when I came to Australia. So, like, Paddy, Paddy or Irish. So, I didn't like that name. It's got a ring to it. I actually like it. Paddy, uh, the Triple P. I didn't like it, yeah, it's a bit. I didn't really like it. And there was a guy already in prison called Paddy, called Paddy Pest Control. Not Paddy, so I had yes at the end of it. Okay. So I wanted something to originate and something to have a bit of meaning to it. And like obviously for the children, it was special for me. So I just picked log fumigation. I thought it worked perfect. Yeah, okay. I don't do logs, but we do fumigation. So the kids will always say, I've left me something. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. So tell me, we're sitting in dry wood termites. Oh, Jesus. The bane of my existence, eh? The bane. Uh, nasty little suckers. Nasty. They are a massive pain in the backside at the moment. So how much of your work uh, are these guys? So, right, as I said, when I set the company up two years ago, my goal was to... There was a market there. I wanted to set up the fumigation because it cost them a better, for, better value for money, especially on the container side. But I really, really wanted to hit the West Indians. I wanted. I knew the contract was coming to an end with Renico because yep. they've had it for 11 years. I knew that was coming up. So my plan was, 
I've been in touch with the department for two years and they gave me a date when the tender was coming out and obviously the tender never came out because they ceased the funding. So my grand plan was to go for that tender, like probably a few other fumigation companies. But I had a really good a really good chance at making a, a go at it. Because as I said, Renekin monopolised the industry for so many years in in West Indian drywoods, fumigating them. So I really wanted to give her give her a, a lash and try and give the customer a bit more value for money. It's still expensive, don't get me wrong. It's not cheap. But that's where I really wanted to go to. So it has been really hard the last six months. I've I've had multiple calls on a weekly basis crying. They can't afford forty, fifty thousand dollars. I don't blame them. I couldn't afford a puppy either. But we have come up with a plan and a price that's still expensive, I suppose, but not expensive as the big guys. Yeah. So that's where we're moving forward. So we've got a, we've actually got a fumigation happening in Brisbane in about a week's time of our first West Indian family fumigation this season. So that's quite exciting. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Sorry, so did you, that's, uh, your, that's your fourth this season, did you say? Not my fourth. It's my fourth for log fumigation. Log fumigation will be performing a uh, attended fumigation on a house in Brisbane yep. for West Indian dry woods in about a week's time. Okay, cool. Um, so, all right, give us a bit of a rundown on uh, a typical fumo job uh, for West Indian dry wood termites. As in setting it up, or just yeah, just give us a bit of an outline of how you actually go about it. You know, how long does it take? The process. Well, percent of it, we don't usually inspect the homes. We usually get a, we'll get a phone call from A, B, C, or D. They'll say they found West Indians. Can you come do a double double inspection? As in, they've already inspected them, they've identified them. We'll say yeah, whether they're West Indians or not. But still, you still have to go through the process. Even though they're not paying for the funding anymore, you still have to get them identified by that. Yes. Still an exotic pest. So they, they'll still make the call at the end. Whether we, whether we know or not, they still make the call at the end. And then after that, the homeowner has the opportunity or has the option to go with a fumigation company or they can do more of an invasive inspection to see if they actually are active or if it's just fast. And then once, once they're ideated and it is a certain West Indian, uh, they engage us, and we then bend backwards for months and months and months, uh, getting the right price, and then proceed with the with the fumigation. So it is a it's a lengthy lengthy operation. This this job that we'll do next week, we've been in touch with the client probably for four or five months, and she's had them in a house for a year and a half. Oh wow! As if she knows. So again, there's a lot of people out there that are really failing at the moment, and I feel for a lot of the young people. When they're getting told they've got to spend twenty to fifty thousand dollars on a fumigation, it's a lot of money. Yeah, wow, it's a lot of money. It is. So, um, so um, Department of Ag, they've they've pulled the pin on the Western Indian for now. Sorry, for now, for now they have. For now, they've pulled it for now. Okay, for now, yeah. Um, so was there, is, like I said, whispers of talk? They're gonna. So what? So what? It was whispers that I also, it was pulled on the 16th of January, I think. I can't remember the exact date. But I did get, get a bit of a whisper back in October. In October, that it was potentially being pulled, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a certain. But then obviously, leading up to it, I had spoke with Jock and a few other guys in the Department of Agriculture. It just didn't look like it would keep going ahead with it. And then obviously, a week out, 
from from announcing it. Yeah. I was told that uh, I was told by uh, one of the big bosses in the Department of Arts that the tender was coming out on the twenty sixth of June of this year. Okay. Which obviously never happened. Uh, a complete lie. And then a week later they just dismiss it. Okay. So what I want to know, Keith, is what about the tarps? Are they special tarps? Do you custom yeah, make so them? Got be, no, so there's a, there's a few different tarp companies we use. We've got a few in Australia, Brisbane based, and we've got a few overseas as well. We do have. They're so expensive. It's got to be permeable. So yeah. it's got to be able to hold the gas inside the enclosure, no matter what gas it is. It's got to be able to hold it inside. So that's the big thing. You can't just go and use a tarp like you would out of a camping store. Or so you get them custom. Got, you can get them custom. Custom made. Yeah, yeah, they've got to be permeable. They've got to be welded. Now they all come in all different sizes, shapes, and GSM. I call them, which is grams per square meter. So like they range from the two seventy, which is a light tarp, anywhere up to six hundred GSM, which is quite heavy. So. On the brevets, we we using tabs that are three fifty GSM. They're still quite heavy. Yep. So what we use a twelve meter by thirty meter tap, and on a standard house, you use about three to four of them. So they're quite big. Okay. Um, and so, are you able to keep reusing them for different jobs, or once a year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All depends. Again, all depends on the house. So the house that we're doing next week. It's a square house. We will do some lagging the day beforehand, make all the corners nice and soft. So when we put the tarp on that corner, it just won't fall to pieces. Yeah. Well, it depends on the pitch of the roof as well. This is just a really good house that we're doing next week. But normally, you do get wear and tear off, off the over years. And that's just normal. You repair them as you go. But in this case, we've got all brand new tarps, which is ideal for, the, for a forced. West Indian driver Chinese job, but uh, yeah, it's just wear and tear. It's like anything, but you just got to get them repaired and make sure they hold the gas. Okay, all right. So you've negotiated with the client. You've confirmed that they're West Indian drywood termites. Um, you've agreed on a price. You've gone there. You've tarped up the whole house. What next? What now? Well, before you tap the house, you're doing the prep work. You've got to, so you've got to you've got to engage a plumber, an electrician. Walking a heights, guys, a crane. What else do you need? A gardener. Depends. Depending on what kind of what kind of house it is. If if it's a gardener, so if it's a real fancy house that has lots of gardeners in it, as in plants in it, because I know the Australians love their plants and the trees. <laughs> really do love them. I don't know why, but they do. I hate anything that has to do with gardening. <laughs> Uh, TV antenna people so there's, a, there's about a half a decent trade that you have to engage with before you even put the tab on it and just to see that it's, that the house is actually able to be fumigated so engage those guys get the TV antenna taken down you've got to have the, the crane on site on the day to lift taps up on top of the house because some of these taps weigh up to 200 kilos yeah, I wondered how you did that it's not like you can just you know throw a piece of plastic over the top of the you know on top of the <laughs> oh, roof I wish it was so easy I wish and then you've got to get the electrician if it's got if it's on the ground power you're okay but if it's got if it's coming from the from the main from the main street you've got to take the fuse out you've got to get the plumber to block off all the plumbing and then uh a big thing is we've noticed a lot over over a few years now. 
when the trees are inside or any kind of plants are inside the tap, obviously propium sulfur fluoride will kill it. Oh, okay. It kills all living it kills all living organisms, not just the pests. Yep. So it usually kills it within about twenty four hours. As soon as you take the tap off, you'll see that it's like it's got a sunburn effect of the plant. Yep. So what we do try to do is uh, we just really we put the the water on on a sprinkler and just leave it on twenty four seven water for the fumigation. Oh, okay. So it doesn't de- it doesn't dehydrate and it just obviously it stays alive. But sometimes they do still die even with the water on. So they get a lot of sunburn as well. So from the fumigation. So that's one thing you got to do. And then once you have all those trade people in order. We put the fans in. We've got big, uh, what, like 180 watt fans, 50 centimeter fans, all floor fans. We put them all around the house, about six to eight of them around the house. And then we uh, we attach the shoot line, which is the induction line for the gas, on a manifold, drop the sheets, clamp them, clip them, uh, water flume the sheets, sandbag the sheets. So we use a water flume and a sandbag at the same time. Yep. Uh, once it's nice and tight and there's no air under it, then we'll introduce the gas slowly and put about half a bottle in for it. So, sorry, Keith. Nikki's just wet herself at the word tight. No, no. Right. I'll say, what about torty three and a torty? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, once once we've got a, a, a good seal on the, on the tarp, we'll introduce the gas slowly just to make sure there's no leaks. We'll go around the house with a leak checker, check the house, there's no leaks in the house. Uh, so how do you check, then, how do you check the leaks? You get a, we've got a leak checker. We've got an actual, so it's called a clear check. So it's just for sulfur fluoride. Okay. So it's a special machine, which is quite expensive. Uh, we use that. We'll go around and check the house. We're going to slowly introduce in the gas. We'll go around and check and make sure it doesn't go above 20 parts per million. Uh, and then it's staying safe. And we'll introduce the rest of the gas. And then after about an hour, once the gas is introduced, after about an hour, we'll take our first, an hour to two, we'll take our first reading off the ta- off the house. Okay. And once we get that reading, we'll put it into the fumigate, and it'll, you go in steps one to six, and then you just, every hour, you, you take a reading, and if it starts at, say, 56 parts, 56 parts per million, it usually drops about one to two grams per hour. So if you start off at about 56, by 24 hours, you're usually at about 18, 19 grams. So it's a successful fumigation. But sometimes you don't have to do 24 hours. Sometimes if you get CT, uh, it'll tell you that you've, you've done a successful fumigation in anywhere from 16 to 18 hours. Okay. All right, cool. Um, so, all right, so how long does it take to actually pack the job up then? So we are going to prep it on the Friday and then we're going to fumigate it on the Saturday and we will release it on the Sunday. It'll take about six hours on the Sunday to drop the tarps, fold them, yep. all the clips. We've got like a million clips and G-clamps and timbers. Sunday we'll do the, we'll do the majority of it and then Monday we'll spend the whole day doing Monday cleaning up, just making sure it's all ready to be handed back over. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a, a bit of a three to four day job. 
Yeah, it um, it makes our uh, chemical barriers that we do for termites look. Um... Oh, makes, them look <laughs> makes, them, makes them look like you're doing it. The yeah, well. fish and chip shop. <laughs> All right. So yeah, why the big what, operation? Uh, 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 certainly is. So why fumigation? What do you love so much about fumigation? Then? Clearly, you do. You can, you, just, know you can hear the excitement in your voice. Yeah. A lot of people like the GPs, general test or termites, they always get a call back, hey? We don't get call backs for fumigant. Yeah, it kills okay. everything. <laughs> Here yeah, you go. But it it's kills a fum- everything. It's a fumigant, but there's nothing stopping it from reinfesting. So potentially- oh, no reinfestants, but, but when it comes in, infested. When it yeah. comes in, infested. So when you go into a fish and chip shop tomorrow and you've got a million German cockroaches, you're going back more than once. Yeah. Okay. When I get a when I get a when I get a container, so we had a, a prime, prime example. I had a container coming last year, and I come from Norfolk Island, and it was infested with German cockroaches. They even had mice in it. Yeah. And uh, the mice were coming out of the seals, so we had to put a tap over, and we put a couple of kilos of gas into it, and the amount of cockroaches the next day was unbelievable. It was brilliant. It was nothing alive. So. There you go. Had that container actually sat there for ages from just to, to breed up and multiply? Well, yeah, yeah. So it takes, so on average, when you import something from overseas, it takes about eight, nine weeks to get here. So the time it does the two weeks, let's say two weeks, two to six weeks on a ship, depending where it's coming from, it can spend up to two weeks just sitting down on the wharf. Yeah, okay. It's just we don't have a, we don't have a lot of manpower when it comes to border security. Yeah. They're really short staffed. Yeah. So you do feel in a sense. So at the time they get to your container, and she said, might have been one cockroach when it came from Venezuela or America or wherever, and it's just eventuated here. There's millions of them when they open the door. Yep. Okay. Cool. Um. All right. So where to from here? What did you go? Uh, we want to expand on West Indian droids. We would like to make it a little bit easier for the homeowner. It's it's going to take a while, but we, I reckon we can get the price down really, not low, 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 but for half of what our competitors are having. Yeah, so okay. On the, West, on the West Indian droids side of things, that's where we want to push it. And I'd like to say in about 10 years' time, I'd love to be able to... Uh, I'd love to be able to expand it down to Sydney or Melbourne, just on the fumigation side of things. Yeah. Because there's a definitely a, there's a massive market here. And where I see a lot of trouble happening at the moment is just, few, just transport companies going out at the moment and they're setting up their own fumigation, which is all good and well. But when you're green, doing that on your own time is a massive risk. Yeah. I learned many years ago, I learned many years ago, they said to me when I went into the radical, which, which dial I was, he had said to me, learn on your mistakes, learn, your, learn all your mistakes on air time. And I didn't, I didn't understand what he meant. I understand it now. Yep. So, I learned everything on their time and any mistakes I did make, everybody makes mistakes, nobody's perfect. Yep. So, I made it all on their time. So, on my time now, I don't make mistakes. Yep. So that's just that's just, that's an educational thing, I think. Yeah, but look, I, you can see why it is such an expensive job. I mean, you know, four days basically, you know, 
you know, prepping the job, doing the job, and then oh, yeah. packing up, getting getting in all the other trades, like you said. And for me, I'm listening to that. And I'm thinking so many variables, so many factors could go wrong. I mean, I cringe about drilling and hitting a, a mains water pipe, let alone some of the stuff that you guys could probably end up doing. Exactly. And again, it's not just when we're, when we're fumigating the house, we're not just fumigating the house, we've got a liaise with about 20 homeowners in the area. So yeah. the might have half a dozen people next to you, left and right and behind you. We've got to knock on their doors, explain to them what we're doing, tell them that when we're, when we're venting, as in releasing the gas, we've got to make sure their windows and doors are closed. If they were in three to four metres of the house, because we don't want the gas going into their house. No. When they're venting, no. killing their animals or their pests I'm, or whatever. I'm, or making them sick. I'm worried about a bit of bifenser and drip spray going out of the fence, not, not phosphine gas. <laughs> phosphine, sulfur fluoride. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. There's, there's a bit of bit behind it, and we've got to notify all the proper uh, authorities like the, the fire brigade, excuse me, uh, the police department. They're notified prior to doing all this. And if they have any questions between now and the two weeks prior to the fumigation, they usually call us and they'll ask us for the UN number on the bottle or. Uh, for a fumigation plan or SDSs or stewardships for the gas, that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. all the all the licenses. So there's a little bit behind 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 the scenes. There is a bit of back work there. So I've been distressed for the last three four weeks. But once next week's out of the way, there's no week off. <laughs> Very good. So, what do you reckon your biggest challenge has been, Keith? Raising three kids. <laughs> <laughs> Jay would I probably agree challenge. with that, actually. <laughs> I think I've probably Jay got that agree. challenge for 15 years, I'd say. <laughs> so, well, um, all right, well, when you're not working, how do you relax? Oh, I just spend time with my family. I just, I am a very, I'm very family, family orientated. It's hard being away from my loved ones in Ireland, like my mum and my dad and my brother and my nieces and nephews. And, yeah. That's my biggest heart heartache in, in Australia. I've got a lot of living there. Wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. But uh, I just I just can't I can't get enough. I do long hours enough as it is. I do anywhere from most people do forty hours, I might do sixty, seventy. But once I get a day off here and there I'm quiet. I just I just spend it with the kids and the wife. Yeah. Okay. Now I did a bit of stalking on your um, website, uh, on log fumigation. Now you do more than just fumigation, don't you? You do. I know you do yeah, general. We do, GP, yeah. we, do, we do GPs. Yeah. Is that just a stopgap, just until you build the fumigation side of things uh, no. up, or you actually like that no, as well? No, I do like that as well. So, as I said beforehand, I love I love pigeons. So I'm really I'm really good with pigeons. So I could walk up a pigeon tomorrow and pick it up with my bare hands without without frightening it. I'm pretty good at that. So I do love doing. GPs, especially when it comes to pigeons or rodents, but uh, I do a lot of netting as well. Yeah. So that's my that's a bit of my bread and butter as well. Yeah. I, I do other services. I don't just do fumigation. I get bored of it. Just one thing. I like to keep my mind busy. Yeah. What about heat? Keep it active. What about heat treatments? I can really see you embracing heat treatments. Was that you just not interested in that? Or? You must have been reading my memory. I had a meeting today <laughs> with another colleague, and he wants me to really push into heat treatments. I have. I have it indulgent heat treatments a little bit this year I've done some trials so that's something to watch this space hopefully in the next 12 months we'll have something to mobile heat treatments because there yeah. is people out there already doing it in New South Wales and Adelaide 
but we'd love to be able to do mobile heat treatments on containers and houses. Yeah, the, I don't think anyone's doing it well over here. Um, no, we haven't really. We have we haven't hit the market yet. Yeah, like it's huge in the state. Massive. Like, they're, they're, they're actually hoping. I was speaking with the department last week. They're hoping to pull heat treatment as an option for West Indian toilets. Well, that's what I was thinking when you're you're talking about the whole fumigation thing. Well, you know, is heat treatment an option? Especially if you're you're talking about trying to bring the cost down. I thought, you know, is is heat treatment yes. an option? Oh. Oh, it's a massive! It, it, it's a it's a it's a big option, and again, they do use heat treatment in the states yes. for West Indian drugs. Yes, yeah. it's just the success the success rate isn't a hundred percent. Yeah, see, I, I always look at the hundred percent thing. So when I'm going into fumigate something, it's a hundred percent kill. I yeah. don't get any callbacks. As I said, with heat treatment, they haven't got that much data yet to say yeah, it's ninety nine point nine percent. Yeah, um, so that's the big thing. But again, it's all comes down to cost. I know. When me and Nicky went to Pest World over in the States um, a few years ago, um, the number or the var- variation in heat treatment equipment was just mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. Yep. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. But the problem was was trying to get all that equipment you know, converted to our 240-volt type stuff. Yeah. Um, it was just, yeah, trying to get your head around it. There's a lot of gas as well. They do a lot of gas. I've been in touch with a couple of their... Suppliers in the states, and I probably wouldn't go electric. I'd probably go propane. Okay. Yep. Just for the fact that it gets it gets to that heat quicker. Yeah. Where if you put a, a heater in a room with an electric heater, it's going to take a few hours just to get to that to that core temperature you need. With propane, you could have it in half an hour. Yeah. Um, I actually had a guy give me a demo over there, and he got these little jet engines. Um, and they yep. have little jet engines. Starts them up, and it just bursts your eardrums. But the heat coming out of them was just insane but it scares me um i mean i did a little bit of um heat treatment work with heiko kaiser over new zealand and you know it was scary um you know the the laminate on laminated timbers the stripping plastic stripping would actually peel off the grease on the door hinges would melt and run down the walls and i'm like i'm freaking out thinking i don't know if i could do this god i lasted two minutes in that room and i'm out of there yeah, there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of uh, expansion there in Australia. We, we we haven't really got to that stage where not too many people do heat treatments. There's Peter Peter McCarthy does it down in uh, yeah. Melbourne. Peter is in, so he's probably the only one I know of that really indulges into it. Yeah, not many other companies that do it. Yeah, so there is a market there for it. Yeah. eventually. Yep. Um, so yeah, that was the the thermo bug gear that Peter McCarthy's got. The that, thermo bug gear. Yeah, yeah I've seen um, the thermo bug. It's pretty good stuff. Yeah, I went across to New Zealand and. Went out with um, yeah Heiko um, to see how it all worked, and then uh, me and Peter McCarthy did a couple of trials up here in Noosa. But once again, our problem or our hurdle was actual power supply. Um, power supply is massive. Yeah, yeah so the gear runs off three phase power. Um, yes, and so yeah, so I hired and got in a, um, a three phase generator, but we end up overheating that. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> So yeah, you just you really need to get the right KVA, and it was just yeah. Yeah, you got to get the right the right heater. The whole the whole logistics, yeah, the whole logistics that just didn't work for us. But then I think Peter's improved it and fine tuned it since. Um, oh, he has. He yeah. has opportunity. Yeah. Um. So trial and error. Um. All right. So, uh, what about you know the the average homeowner? I mean, I get that many calls from homeowners going, "Oh, I think I got." 
borers or something, and they've got this furniture piece that they've, or whatever, imported over, and something's attacking it. Yeah. And they went, so do you do small furniture piece items? Yeah, so the, we would call them LCLs, which is loose, loose container loads, let's call them. So let's say your mum and dad at the end of the road, or your neighbour would call them and say, you've got, as you said, you've got borer in a door. Yep. An old antique door. Yeah, bring okay. the door in, and we'll fumigate it. We're throwing under tap. So we usually get a few of them at once, not just not just the one. We wouldn't just go and fumigate one one door. We'd wait till, say, the end of the week, tourist there on Friday, and say, bring it in, bring the table in. Look, I had one last week, which was Pine, Pine Beetle, and he brought his table in, and we had a few doors in. So we, we, we do do small bits, but not a lot of it. Not a lot of it. Not as much as we'd like to. Yeah, okay. So... Um, so you've got a container set up for that? No, we'd use a tarp. We'd use it, that's what we call a loose container load. Okay, right. just, So you just throw a tarp, so you pretty much just throw a tarp over it? Yeah, so we'd get the measurements, that's what I mean, so we could get a couple of tables, could be four of the items, you might have some bamboo that yep. has bore in them, join or whatever, so we'd get as much as we can, and depending on how size, how big it is, whether it's five cubic metres, ten cubic metres, twenty cubic metres, Yeah. And then we just get that, that right size tarp because we have got multiple tarps that are different sizes. Yeah. We'd measure out and then put the tarp over it and away she goes. Okay. So, because I get so many inquiries about it and it's just like, I tell them, oh, look, wrap it in black plastic and stick it in the sun for a bit. Um, yeah, but, well, I'll just paint it with some permetrum. Yeah, that's another option to them for two. Or I tell them, find a commercial freezer and throw it in a commercial freezer. Um, that's, but, that's, a, that's a great one. Yeah, but if a homeowner had a piece that they, you know, didn't want to risk sticking in a freezer um, and they wanted to bring down... I'm not going to put the kitchen table in, <laughs> into the freezer. Get a big freezer. The mother-in-law's already in there. Hey, I actually went, no, and treated a funeral, I went and treated a funeral parlour the other day and uh, I reckon you get some big furniture pieces in their freezer. Um, anyway, um, uh, no, that was a cool room, really. Anyway, um... So what would roughly cost for a homeowner to bring you a, a table to, for you to fumigate? It all depends on size again, and again, it depends on the pest. It'd be anywhere from about 150 bucks. Okay. Upwards for the 400. But if it was just a, just an average 150 to 400, all depending on the type. Yep. Well, hopefully there's a few listeners listening to this podcast and start referring you a bit of work, mate, and you can have all these little jibs and drabs of... Furniture items that all homeowners want to get fumigated. Exactly. Please, God. Yeah. Please, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so if you had an opportunity to do it all again, uh, what would you do differently? I wouldn't do anything different, mate. As I said, I got that education from Manicure and Amalgamated. It was just, it was second to none. Yeah. If I was to go out on my own tomorrow, I'd probably make a ball, to be honest. Yeah, look, just getting the education. The way, the way I went about it, as I said, Peter said to me oh, 12, 14 years ago, make all the mistakes any time. Yeah. We'll pay for it. That, you, you, you can't pay for it. You can't, you can't uh, educate someone in a year or two and expect them to go out and know what they're doing. It's just, it's trial and error. So just getting that education, I said, over the last 10, 12 years has been mind-blowing to me. So, And I've got such a such a good uh, group of guys now that I can fall back on if I need any expertise myself. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's second to none. Yeah, that, look, that's one thing I can definitely say about Amalgamated. You know, their, their training was next to, um, it was good. You know, some of the best. next level, yeah. yeah. Definitely next level. 
like you know some of the biggest names in our industry and some of the you know the best you know pest technicians that I know they're all ex amalgamated because they just had that oh. that exposure um, and that training behind that support behind them so yeah I certainly yeah. um yeah take my hat off to amalgamated when they were um, yeah doing that training um uh, so Western Indian Drive with termites what's the hotspots in Brisbane oh Jesus where do you want to start so well, Manly Manly's a massive spot Wynnum in Brisbane alone you've got Manly and Wynnum we would fumigate when I was at Renicare we would fumigate at least eight or nine houses down here on a yearly basis that was the big spot and then you've got other areas like Cooper Roo they've always had a bit of an outbreak in Cooper Roo and under, I just don't understand why it's, it's, it's mainland there's no one near the water so yeah, Cooper Roo Manly Wynnum we've had a few up the Limber uh, I've had a friend of mine, Nick Pebbles, he found me the other day, he's found some in Wilson. Wilson has, they've had a few over the years in Wilson. Deegan, Nathan Clark put one up there the other day. Deegan, I seem to get that house about nine years ago. Um, what else? Rocky's always had some Gladstone. Townsville's a massive spot for it. Mary Bora is the Townsville, yeah. Okay. used to do a half a dozen in Townsville every year. I didn't know Townsville. Um, I knew Mary Bora, definitely. Maryborough is like ground. It's like ground zero, yeah. where they are obviously originated from. So uh, that's a massive spot. Like, yeah, we've done quite a few in West End over the years as well. Yeah, okay. quite a few in West End. Yeah, and I was listening to uh, the news there last week. He had Doctor Don on it, who I do follow quite a bit. He doesn't know I follow him, but I do follow him quite a bit. Uh, he said a few things here that West End that they're usually found in all Queenslanders. It's not like I. They do find them in a lot of all Queenslanders. But this house we're doing next week, it's a concrete house. So, it's not in all Queenslanders. They do vary. You don't always get them in all Queenslanders. You get them in concrete houses that's got plenty of point in it. So, hang on. So, so the, house yeah. you're, the house you're doing next week is your typical slab on ground, brick for the, uh Slab on ground, three, three, level, three levels, as I said, it's a big house. Yep. It's concrete, but it's got all point finishing. Okay. So, all what, the point. what are they into? <laughs> They're into so they're in the roof. Yeah, into the trusswork. Uh, roof is yeah, in the trusswork, just minor. Yeah, and they're in all of, all the architraves. Oh wow, security. Yeah, but again, she's had them for she's only she's only had them identified about a year and a half ago. So prior to that, they could be there. They could be there for more than a year and a half. They could be there three years, four years, who knows? So yeah, yeah, I, I must admit. That's I... Not to, yeah, I must admit, when I think of West Indian Drive with termites, yeah, I think of the typical Queenslander-style home with the yeah. you know, the VJ timber walls. VJ walls, yeah. Yep, and they're all yep. into that. That's what I visualise. Um, yeah, they I, do I, get a lot of Mindy. They do get a lot of Mindy old Queensland homes. Not all. We've done a couple of low sets over the years. Yep. Just three resin brick, brick veneer, where, yep. again, they're just in the roof or in the wall cavity. But you do get the occasional now and then ones like that. Okay. So what's one of the? It just depends on yeah. What's one of the more interesting female jobs you've done, or one of your biggest female jobs you've done? Just I'd say the biggest female job I did was probably 2012. We did a what did we do? We did a ship that came into Port Alma. You know what Port Alma is, or not? I thought you were about to say we did a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Ship S H I T. That's not what I said. Well, S H I T. I'll say a vessel. Okay. A, vessel. <laughs> a boat. A boat. We did a vessel. We did a vessel up in Port Armour and I had 
ammonium nitrate in it. Uh, it was coming from the States. So we were actually just fumigating the ship when the, when the ammonium nitrate <laughs> was taken out. Obviously, we, we couldn't fumigate the ammonium nitrate. We'd kill everybody. But uh, and just, so, the ship had an infestation of weevils in it. Just, they were everywhere. So we fumigated. We spent a week up there fumigating the ship in Port Alma. Have so you ever been to Port Alma? No, where's that? Port Alma is up near Bajul. Who? Bajul. Bajul. What's, what state are we talking about? It's kind of just outside Rocky. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. All right. Outside Rocky, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we went up there and it was just, it was a massive job. It was just unbelievably huge. We didn't realise how big it was until we got there. We had to do like eight holes on the ship and we had to cart the metal brownwood about a K and a half. It was just, it was mind-blowing how big. We, we, we hadn't been up there. We just bought the gas up thinking, yeah, we'll just go over there, gas the ship and go home the next day. But now it took a bloody week. Yeah, okay. Oh, wow. So that was one of the biggest jobs I've ever, I was ever on. All right, so what about a funny story then? I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you've got plenty of those. Uh, I've got a few. I don't know what that's appropriate for the <laughs> podcast. Hey? Oh, come on. It's Friday afternoon, Keith. You can throw us one. We're all mature oh, yeah. here. <laughs> We're all adults. Oh, yeah, about, bloody, was about, about five, six weeks ago, I picked a job up in the Indina. And I know, that, I know, yeah, that, that's near us. Do you yeah, want to tell us what? He had asked me to come up and do some fumigation and some fogging. And I was like, fine, fine, fine. And it was the football, for me it was funny, but the pest controller, the other pest controller was on site and the rodent control. And he was, uh, he was doing the bait like normal, but he was, they had a really bad rodent issue. And he was putting a uh, provoke in some snap traps. Yeah. And he was cable tying the snap traps to the downpipes. Yeah. And literally we turned the corner and he caught a flaming pigeon in a snap trap. Oh really? I pissed myself. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it. He had his foot in the bloody thing. And he was like, you kind of rat, you kind of rat. And I was like, it's a fucking pigeon, you bloody wool, you. Rats, <laughs> they are rats in the sky. <laughs> oh, not all of them. They're not all feral pigeons. Some of them are nice. Yeah. <laughs> not all feral pigeons. I said, I've got a bit of a look for pigeons. All right. Um, anything else you want to share with us, mate? Funny stories? Uh, I feel like we can just talk all night, actually. All right, one more. I reckon one more funny story. All right, this, this is again educational. This is a funny one. Every pest he says this, I believe, when they start out with pest control. I walked into a kitchen about 12, 13 years ago. There was a coffee club, and I had an infestation of cockroaches. And my magic word was, I'll fix this. Famous last words. I'll fix this after one go. I'll fix it. Jeez, it took me about bloody six months to find and fix the freaking thing. <laughs> yeah. You always get that one job that just oh, sticks in your memory bank, and you just, yeah. And we've always had that God. one. Well, I was just, I was quite naive, just have to get the test license thing. No, you know, I can do this, that's no problem. I've got a test license, I'll just throw some kill everything. I realised you've got to go back on a weekly basis for about a month. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mate, we better, start, we better start wrapping this up. Uh, so this is the part of the, uh, the show where we get into our rapid-fire questions, just to sort of get a bit more uh, to know you a little bit more better, um, if, we haven't, yeah. if we haven't already. Uh, okay, so feel free to say pass, but I've got a feeling you're not going to say pass on any of these. So, nope. beer or wine after work? Liquid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 
the matter what it is, I'm not fussy, mate. I'm Irish. Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's alcoholic and liquid, eh? All right. Exactly. Uh, like I always say, uh, puppy dog's nose, as long as it's wet and cold. Uh, it, mate. Morning or night person? Morning. Morning. Oh, oh this would be an interesting one. AFL or NRL? <laughs> You're going to say football. Gaelic football. You're going to say football, <laughs> aren't you? Gaelic football. <laughs> it's not real football. Neither of them. It's not football. That's real football, mate. It's not football. <laughs> All right. City or country? Country. Country. Uh, here we go. Boobs or bum? Bum. Bum. <laughs> Do you like the way he says it? Boom. Bum. I, I, thought, I thought he was going to say boobs and it came out as boom. All right. So you've done the next question, which I don't like, but I'll answer. Uh, Favourite term? Favourite term I paid? It's not a bait. What I hear is, it's a fumigant. <laughs> <laughs> no callbacks, mate. No All right. Callbacks. I'll accept that one. Uh, <laughs> Favourite manufacturer? Mate, I love them all. Yep. They all have been uh, different to the table, to yep. be honest. Good. I've Good been using I've, I've been using one product this year as an Australian product, Sundew, and I'm quite impressed with their, their products. But as I said, they all have uh, great aspects. With all the chemicals, so I do with them all. Right. Do, you, do you have a favourite sales rep? No, I don't. No? <laughs> They're all the same. Cool. I'm trying to tell me something at the end of the day. <laughs> I don't think I'll even bother asking you the next question, bait or barrier. <laughs> <laughs> I'll answer that one. Right. Yeah, bait, barrier or gas? <laughs> gas, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. Uh, and I don't even bother asking you the next one, plugs or grout? Have you actually... Have you actually have you, have you actually done a chemical barrier? I have. I've done quite a few. I've done quite a few. <laughs> All right. Uh, once again, these questions just aren't relevant to you. Flow meter or stopwatch? Flow meter. Flow meter. Good man. Uh, if you're doing a general pest service, backpack or bulk tank? Uh, backpack. I was waiting for you to say tarps. Uh <laughs> When you're doing a termite inspection, when you're doing a West Indian drywood termite inspection, do you inspect clockwise or anti-clockwise? I'm a clockwise person. Clockwise. Clockwise person. All right. Um, insurance. This is an interesting one. Yeah. So Rapid or Weimark? Weimark. Weimark. Okay. Okay. I didn't know. I'm assuming fumigation insurance is going to be next level. It's quite expensive, yeah. It's not cheap. Yeah, and it's still just pretty much the two players that are actually offering it? Yeah, Wallace. I was originally with Wallace until yep. I went over back here. Yeah, okay. All right, and we touched on the, this next one, domestic or commercial. You love your commercial. Love commercial. Commercial, man, true and true. Yeah. Um, post-construction or pre-construction, well. Post, I'll say. I'll give you the answer, post. Yeah. Uh, general pest work or termite work? Fumigation. Fumigation. <laughs> All right. Riga or B&G? Well, I've always had Riga, mate. I think they're just next level. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, Garage, Globe or RagServe? Garage are my boys. I've been going for them since day one. Yep, they're my boys. Yeah, cool. And the last question to see whether or not we can remain friends, but I think we'll remain friends. Uh, Amphipod or Alarm Prime? What do you call it? I'm not going to answer the one you want me to because I've got an orange accent. Okay, people won't understand what I'm saying and saying. I'm going to go Alarm Prime. All right? 
if I try to pronounce that bloody word, you bleeding think I'm drunk already. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate. Keith, it's been an absolute ball. Um, I just wish we could have a podcast that's got subtitles so people can actually read. <laughs> <laughs> mate, if you call back in about three hours, mate, you'll understand me perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to know. Maybe I'll get the listeners to actually just slow it down. What if you can slow the actual po- What if I can edit it? I, I can slow I can. the podcast down. slow motion voice editing. Ask them to have six hands of beer before they listen to it. That's probably the best thing to do. Mate, yeah. mate, I reckon if listeners if the listeners understood fifty percent of what you actually said today, um, I still reckon they'd get a heap of value out of it. I've had it, I've had an absolute blast. I've actually got a heap of value out of it, and I understood twenty five percent of what you actually said. He, he's had a good time. He hasn't let me talk through the whole through the whole session. You haven't said much. I'm, I'm waving my hands because I want to say something, but he's like, no, he's no, no, no. I've got something to say. Well, I was trying. I, I was trying to keep a flow going, and the whole thing just, the whole chat just kept going on this tangent, and I was just trying to keep up with it. Anyway. It's all right, darling. I just love looking at the excitement on your face, so that, that was worth it. I just I just thought it was a little bit above your head, maybe. No, I was actually really enjoying it. I had a lot of questions. That was really oh, rude. All right. All right. What questions have you got? No, no. Wait. We'll have to do another, another podcast. Oh, no, I that... might get him on the panel. I might get him on a panel. Oh, then actually, I can have subtitles. Yeah, actually, oh, a, video, a video interview would actually work really, really well with Keith. Yeah, but I'm not going to let you in on it. <laughs> Sorry. It would just be Keith and I with, with a Guinness. All right. Yes. Sorry for hogging you, Keith. Um, I, just got, I just got a little bit excited. That was all. I'm a bit carried away. I enjoyed it. It was great. So, uh, Mate, really, really appreciate it. I... Um, I look forward to touching with you in the base, and I really appreciate you taking the time out to um, chat to us and, and being so open and honest and giving us all a bit of an insight into, you know, an aspect of pest control that not many of us actually know much about and, you know, really appreciate just how next level it actually is. So, um, and hats off to you, mate. You've really embraced it and you've really impressed me. Too easy, mate. Thank you very much for your time there, Jay and Nikki. I appreciate it. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, And Nikki, Pete. Nikki, once again, thank you, darling. Not a problem. Sorry for hogging it. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, and listeners, stay tuned. We've got some awesome guests coming up. I hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, and I'll catch you on another episode of the Pesty Profile Podcast. <laughs>